content warning, this episode contains body horror, claustrophobia, direct mention of genitals, euphemistic mention of oral sex, magical gunfire sound effects, and moments of immense tension. Be sure to check the show notes for timestamps. My name is Dr. Anne David Scrub. You see Conan behind them? Sort of like frozen and glitches for a second. You know, if you're as much of a nerd as me, you might enjoy our library. We've got quite a collection. Come on, let's go in the library. Maybe we'll find a book with some nice colors. <laughs> this red cactus plant produces a combustible gas, apparently. Burning! Quit, 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 quit! Quit being a narc! <laughs> My bird here is a big fan of bricks. Yeah! I need you to promise that if I start acting weird, you'll stop me. Kiss grabs all the keys. <laughs> We open this session with Kiss quickly leaving Anne's office with a whole bunch of keys. He starts in like kind of like a fast walk and it moves up to a trot. And as he gets out the door, he's sprinting down the hallway. <laughs> Towards the storage room. <laughs> hey! No! Vernon's running after him. Kiss, I think that you probably make it to the intersection on the second floor where the two hallways intersect. And you pass through the door and burning. You are just leaving the botanical room and you head into the hallway just to see this door close behind Kiss. And you take off running down the hallway. By the time you get to this center hallway burning, Kiss, you are probably at the storage room. And you look in the little glass panel on the door and you see that the orange gas is still there in the room. Okay, Kiss (laughs) uses an item he hasn't used in a very, very long time. The (laughs) feather token, is that what it was called, right? That is correct. So this is a feather token, an item that you pulled off of one of the undead, and it creates a giant fan and a gust of wind. So I blow out the gas, hopefully out of a vent that's located in that room or something. Are you just like opening the door and holding your breath and using the feather token to fan the room? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so you use the feather token and... It it sort of hovers in the air and waves back and forth, creating these massive gusts of wind that actually like knock over a couple of the bottles on the shelves and some of the chemicals. Like there's a beaker that breaks onto the ground. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. And you see that the gas is like pushed up against the west wall of the storage room. So towards the stairs, but it isn't dispersing as you'd hope, but it's visible gas. So you can like walk in there and as long as you don't walk into it, And as long as the feather token is active, you'll be okay. Okay. I leave the feather token going and I go to the box and start trying every key. There was a big lock on it, like a padlock. Is that right? It's got a lock built into it. A combination lock with a small magical device and a keyhole in the combination lock as well. Oh, well, I start sticking some keys in there. Hoping they work. (laughs) Roll a d20. (laughs) That's a one. (laughs) Oh, my God. I miss the hole. (laughs) You get a key out and I think like the wind is drying out your eyes. So you know how you, when you're like fiddling with your keys and you just like your fingers won't grab the key in particular, like you just like you got your bung bundle of keys and you just can't like get that one key. That's what's happening with you. Like you can't even get your hands on a specific <laughs> key. It's just this lump of keys in your hand. And I think one of the keys actually falls off and bounces down underneath the shelf that you're standing by. No. Oh, boy. I dive under it. <laughs> you dive under the shelf? Oh, not under, but I, I try to reach for it. I don't knock the shelf over like a big klutz. Okay, because I was going <laughs> to 
say if you're like doing this like a cat and just knocking knocking shit down? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't put my whole body <laughs> under the shelf. <laughs> I put my arm under there. <laughs> so I would say roll sleight of hand. I guess I have disadvantage because I'm still exhausted. I got a 12. You know, your entire arm is underneath this shelf and you're like, you can't see your like shoulders on the ground and you are reaching around, patting the ground, searching for this key and you cannot find it. Oh, come on. A 12 is not good enough for a key. It is not. Work with me here. (laughs) Vernon, at this point, you enter into the room. I stand from the doorway and look in. Vernon, you get to the room and you look in through the glass panel and you don't see Kiss. You can't see him from the angle so you're like he's just not in there but you do see the fan going and the gas at the far end of the room and you see a bunch of broken glass on the ground mm-hmm. I, I tell you what I think Vernon does I think he peeks in his head ah kiss are you in here <laughs> yeah I'm down here Vernon help me get this key no nope I'm not helping you do anything um it's safe I walked in it's fine Look, I got the fan going. How long does that thing go for? Eight hours, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Why would it need to go for so long? I don't know if it's consumable or not, but... That's what the description says on. No, I'm pretty sure it's unlimited. Um, I guess I'll. I mean, you're going to get it either way, right? I guess I'll help you get the key. I don't know why you need my help. Well, I think my arms are too big. They're too big and strong to go under this tiny shelf. Or too short, 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 short. <laughs> Sound like Conan's about to have a sick drop in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess Vernon comes in and gets down there and reaches under the thing. Sure. So you like, I imagine this is like a swinging door that when it's unlocked, it can like swing open. You push it into the room and it thuds against something so that the door is just barely cracked and you're going to have to like squeeze in if you want to get in there. Uh, Wait, what's it thudding against? Yeah, there's just like something in the way blocking the door kiss you look up from reaching under the shelf and you see conan standing there in full flesh and blood apparently frozen what ah weird vernon probably screams but not like his typical scream it's probably more something like a oh good lord (laughs) that's a new one kiss walks over to flesh conan and gives him a poke (laughs) Yeah, so you poke Flesh Conan, and (laughs) I think that you feel Conan's feathers and, like, and flesh and skin, and it's this weird feeling as, like, your hand passes through that stuff. Like, it's just eerily too soft. What? Pudding, Conan. And they sort of, like, wisp and start to float away as though they're vapor on the air. Like, it's not how they normally poof out of sight. It's like Conan's body went from being solid to being plasma to being gaseous. <laughs> Kiss says, ah, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> Maybe he talks into the communicator like, Conan, you were still, you became kind of pokey and juicy, I think. I don't know. What? Kiss, you just hear back from your communicator. Oh, shit. Just static. Conan? Conan? Oh, shit. He tries to screw around with the frequency knob. Does that do anything? Nothing. I want to point out, like, 
The storage room is pretty dark. Like it's just lit by one lamp overhead. So it's kind of like there are these cascading shadows and it's like almost like a janitor's closet type room, right? Mm -hmm. As Conan disperses, Burnin, the door just sort of slowly swings open and you're left standing in the doorway looking in at a bewildered kiss. And you hear a rustling coming from the south side of this room back behind the long skinny shelf. Oh, God. Both of you roll perception. Oh, geez. I got a 14. And that was with disadvantage. 16. Both of you see just barely in the darkness underneath this shelf. You kind of like have to squint. You see this creature that Freya barfed up. Oh, no. With a key in its mouth. My key. It very quickly disappears into the cracks between the stone. Ah, dip. That thing can travel very quickly. Oh, yeah, it's like it's a little mouse. I imagine y'all are like down on the ground on your hands and knees, like looking underneath a bunch of shelves and you just see this thing underneath the, the far shelf. Well, let me try these other keys real fast. <laughs> Do any of the keys I have open the box? <laughs> I'm assuming no, but it never hurts to try. I didn't know if that key was the one. Roll another D20. Ooh, that's a nat 20 this time. You cycle through about three or four keys and eventually you find one that fits in the lock and it turns a little bit. And you hear like something clicking inside, but it does not open. Ah, dip. There's a combination lock. A combination lock and some kind of magical thing on there. Well. Whatever is inside must be fucking good shit, huh? Yeah, right. Probably good treasure in there. Kiss says, well, there goes all my fun. There was so much anticipation for that box. I felt like I waited two whole weeks to get inside and see what was in there. <laughs> oh, well. Really funny, Cass. <laughs> Thanks, Burden. <laughs> I can always count on you. Let's go find Conan. <laughs> Syndra, you are downstairs. And last we checked in with you, you were talking to Udlin in the kitchen with your baby Freya. What's going on? Syndra stands up from where he was sitting with his back against the wall. And he dusts himself off and wipes his eyes a little bit from where he's been a little upset. And he sniffles. <sighs> Thanks for listening, I guess. Um. Don't say anything to the others about this. I'm sorry, what? I, I wasn't paying attention. What? <laughs> Wait, don't say anything about what? About, I guess about the dream. Big cheesy grin and wink from Udlin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, real funny. <clears throat> yeah, it's a lot better than that fake corn, huh? I don't know. The, the corn thing kind of grew on me. You hear a kiss shout through the wall. Someone talking about corn? <laughs> What a good friend. Where are you going, Syndra? I want to go to the office cubicles. So you are in the kitchen and you walk out into the hallway. You know, you're facing south. So to your right is the hallway leading into the infirmary where you woke up. And to your left is the stairwell that you used to get onto the roof. And you can follow the hallway to your left and head south into the first cubicle maze. I seem to recall Anne saying something about office supplies when Kiss asked about glue to fix the amulet. And so I want to go, I want to go explore in there. Sure. Tell me specifically where you go. I'll go to the, the cubicles directly to my right. Like the first thing I come to. Yeah. So you enter into this room and you turn right and walk into the cube maze. You notice that this is like a pretty bad setup. Uh, you kind of walk around and meander and you see some names up on the cubicles on plaques. Um, I think you see... Dr. Dorf, you see one for E, kind of directly next to Dr. Dorf, these first two on your left. And then on your right, you see Quig, and <laughs> in the back, you see Farf. 
<laughs> Sindra thinks to himself, wow, these are bad names. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who invented these. Whose mother named them that? Quick and farf. <laughs> Did their mother not like them? And you start rummaging, I guess, probably in Quig and Farf's cubicles. Yeah. You find like pencils and pens and some papers sort of documenting HR stuff and some like public relations things, like advertising type stuff. You find fantasy sticky notes and like a typewriter probably. Do those exist? Yes, I think they're not very common though. I mean, like this is a place where people invent shit, right? So there's like a half written note, like a memo of sorts about people taking other people's food from the fridge from Quig's desk. You're searching around in Farf's desk and you find a handwritten confession about having eaten Quig's sandwich from the fridge. <laughs> you find... In Farf's desk, a small tube of glue. All right. So I need some glue, some blank paper, a pen of some kind. This is bad. (laughs) Can you refresh my memory what you're making? Because in my mind, I'm imagining macaroni art. (laughs) We don't know. You're going to MacGyver a sword? When Becca starts listing things, this is a bad sign for me. (laughs) Sindra's going to fucking Michael's with his damn shopping list. (laughs) Yes, between Quig and Farf's desk, you find them. I'm going to have a seat at one of the desks. (laughs) Get out my last remaining red brick. I'm going to wrap it in some paper. Oh, my God. I'll glue it down as I go. Then I'm going to use the pen. to put some abyssal-looking markings on it. (laughs) Yeah, you pull the abyssal book out of your bag and just, like, start finding some characters to write down. (laughs) Maybe I should roll the memory one to see how well I remember what the brick looked like. Insight. Ooh, the first roll was a five. This is like Syndra on Ambien trying to make arts and crafts. (laughs) I can hardly stay awake. Does this look good burning? Oh, wait, I'm alone. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, so it does not look good. So the the goal was to make it look like a replica of the one that I'm intending on taking. You failed the goal. Great. But you did manage to accomplish the task. It just does not look at all like (laughs) the characters are all wrong. Sindra's not a very artsy guy. He holds his masterpiece back and flips it over a few times in his hands and he goes, Yeah, that'll fool him. (laughs) It'd fool me. And so before he leaves, he also, he wants to grab some extra blank paper and maybe take a pen with him. Yeah, you're able to do that. And when you leave, are you just going back where you came from? Technically, yes. I wanted to go talk to Udlin, regroup. You exit the cube maze and walk back up the hallway. You turn left and head into the kitchen where Udlin is feasting upon cacti from the fridge. Eldon probably has like a ceramic glass out from one of the cabinets and is drinking like a whole bunch of water too, just like guzzling down glasses of water. I think probably leaving the sink running because they're drinking water so quickly. You thirsty? Always. I didn't like the way you said that. (laughs) Anyway, have you seen any signs of like where an alarm system might be? No, I think it's kind of all around us. I did notice that the stairs are enchanted. So that's going to be rough because if we steal the brick and we fuck it up, we're going to get stuck up there. Hmm. And, you know, the desert gets hot during the day and cold at night. So there aren't many windows on this place. Not that I'm aware of. Hmm. Well, in any case, what do you think of this? And he holds up his creation. What? 
It's pretty good, isn't it? Um, yeah. Sandra, that's just a crumpled old ball of paper with. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. It looks uh, kind of like the one on the roof. And that's the goal. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Odlin is like maintaining eye contact with you while continuing to guzzle water awkwardly. Syndra, roll perception. Crit one. Wow. <laughs> you look up and the cafeteria is just darkness. You can't see past the doorway. It's just very, very dark in there. And it wasn't before. Like it was pretty well lit before. And then your eyes start to adjust and you see something in the doorway. Rut row. Douglas. Syndra, roll constitution. Rut row. 12. At first, your heart drops and you are terrified, but you kind of manage to reel it in. And Udlin is not paying attention at all. I think that they've gone back to shoving cacti in their mouth. And you see a figure in the doorway and your eyes adjust a bit more and you hear... Douglas just takes two steps into the room from the darkness. How are you doing? They shrug. Why did my heart drop? Was it I was just scared? Yeah. Okay. You ever seen that vine of uh that like girl in the hallway and she like freaks out and then she realizes it's like a Christmas tree behind her? No. I haven't seen that. Oh, I want to see that so bad. I didn't know if I thought I saw something else and then it ended up being Douglas. You just got this visceral fear looking into the darkness and as your eyes adjusted, you know, seeing this figure. Okay. You didn't see Douglas in the darkness. You only saw Douglas make some noise and walk out of the room. You're saying that Douglas is evil. That's the only the only explanation. <laughs> the only explanation, huh? He shakes that off and holds up his brick to Douglas, but not in a, hey, check this out kind of way, but just like for emphasis. What's the deal with these things anyway? Douglas walks up and takes a knee and places all four of their claws upon the brick and bows their head and goes, Um, is this a... Uh, the right green thing? They shake their head no. No. Okay. Uh, is it? Hang on. So he gets his brick sack out and he lays all of his bricks that he's gotten so far just out to examine. <laughs> One of them's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stoffelis is there. Oh, hello. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, I'll be quiet. We have one obsidian brick, one stone brick, one brick made of black lava, one solid gold brick, one crystalline brick, and I have this one noted as one soul brick because it has stoplies in it. (laughs) (laughs) And now the paper mache brick that I made. So you have seven bricks total. Yes, there are seven bricks. Now you can summon the dragon and get a wish. I was thinking I could turn into supersonic and go to space. Oh, yes, the dragon bricks. Chaos bricks. Chaos bricks. So as you're taking out these bricks, I assume you're laying them on the countertop. Douglas is watching like with all four of their hands on their waist and tapping their foot. And they sort of like motion two of their hands down once they see your collection and go. And then they wave towards you with one hand. And start walking over to the cafeteria. I follow them. I tell Udlin, keep an eye on those. Roll constitution as you get to the doorway. 15. You hesitate for just an instant, like a fraction of a second before entering the doorway. Because you just, like, you don't hear anything, but you maybe think you hear, like, a low bassy, like... 
that's not normal. So like for this split second, you're filled with dread, but you continue on into the dark room, follow Douglas into the darkness and over to the stack of chairs that they were sitting on before. They reach one of their arms back behind the tables that are folded up against the wall and they pull out a holster of holding that has like a black iron amulet on it that you hadn't seen before. (laughs) You're not exactly sure where they concealed it or where they got it, but they have it and they reach in and one by one, they take out six bricks. None of them are the red bricks. They're bricks of all kinds. One is made of like cookies. The other is made of like soap. Another is made of like, it's literally just like a hunk of sod and they lay them out and display them for you. So it's like Pokemon cards, but with bricks. I'll use produce flame in my hand so I can see them all better. Yeah. I give them a look and I say, nice bricks. And they nod in thanks. I still don't get it. Kiss, what are you doing? Kiss uh, puts his arm around burning, grabs the fan and ducks out of the storage room. (laughs) Just like, let's get out of here. Kicking the door open and slamming it behind him. I think that you catch a glimpse as the door closes of the gas starting to disperse again. That was a bust. What do you want to do? I'm going to go talk to Anne. Why? Well, they probably need to know that you wrecked their storage room. Well, we can keep that amongst ourselves, can't we? Nark. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be a tattletale. Yeah, well, don't be a... uh, Shut up. It's fine, Vernon. We'll say the rat did it. That's a big old rat. And also the rat took the whole ring of keys, and I tried to get the, the keys away from the rat, but it took one key. I got the rest, though. Oh, God. That's our foolproof lie. Airtight, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't... I honestly, I kind of don't feel like doing anything. I'm probably going to go back to the library or something. I'm a little adventured out right now. All right, that's cool. Maybe there's a ghost book in there or something that could help me fix Conan. Because that was kind of weird, right? He was all gooey for a moment. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Everything's kind of weird here. And I think that as you're talking, you're probably both walking back towards the library, if that's the end goal for both of you. Are there any books about ghosts in the library? That's what he's looking for. So you enter into the botany room and you can see out the window that like the sun is getting a little bit low in the sky. It's not dark yet, but it's like a couple hours, a couple hours and it'll be dark. You both enter into the library. Vernon, I think you probably sit down in the comfy chair that's in there and just start reading the book that you were reading before. Kiss, you spend a good 20 minutes Checking the spines of each of the books in the library, you do notice that these books are like not in any order. They're just kind of like on the shelves and many of them, the spines aren't labeled. So you actually have to pull them out and see if they're about ghosts. You do not see any books about ghosts in here. All right. Kiss goes back into the office. Sure. You enter into the office and you see the hook where you took the keys from and you see Anne's desk and there's an open book on Anne's desk. Ah, I look at the book. It's handwritten. It's a notebook and it is very difficult to read. Like it is like chicken scratch, but you make out some of the words and you see jump interdimensional. You see the word experiment. You see the word disaster. Oh, Lord. It's extremely difficult to read. Kiss picks up the book and squints at it. It's like, huh? And I took a course in chicken scratch in high school. <laughs> oh, my God. How dare you, Kyle? 
I think my brain just exploded. I'm sorry, guys. Do you hate me? Do you want to kick me off this show? No, I love it. <laughs> that is the fucking funniest thing. Well, is there anything else in this room that's like anything Kiss can interact with? Nope, it's pretty bare. I mean, there's like paintings on the walls, like some nice art, but there's nothing else interactive really in here. There is a coat rack in the northwest corner. All right. Well, Kiss walks back to the library and is like, are you bored of reading yet? <laughs> Vernon looks up from his book at Kiss with a sassy look. Guess not. Well, I'm going to go explore. Okay. And did mention the cubicles. Kiss wants to check them out too. You walk back down the hallway and you cross over the middle hallway and you head down the stairs and you are left in the first floor stairwell. He opens up the map and he's like, I'm going to check out these cubicles. Let's see. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch an owlbear by its toe. If he hollers, let it go. Eeny, meeny, miny, bo. I'll go to these. He goes to the ones on the left. You start heading towards the first cubicle maze and you make your way into there. As you're passing by, you kind of peek around and you see that indeed somebody has already rummaged through these. So you enter into the gray door into the like entryway, right? Because you need to go into the HR room and then into the far cube maze. You walk into this room and it is dark and destroyed. There's a lot of damage. Like the stones on the walls look very scratched up. The entryway, like the the big front doors are completely boarded up and sealed. They're actually like stones that look like they've been hand placed here in order to better seal the door. And you turn around back towards where the HR room is on your map. And you look up and you see that the entryway into the HR room is completely blocked off with file cabinets. There is a tiny tiny little space between the cabinets that you might be able to squeeze through. Well, as my grandpa always said, let's get squeezing. No, he did not. <laughs> he did not. To make this really good juice, we got to squeeze these oranges, little kiss. <laughs> to make the good drink. We got to make the good drink. We got to squeeze the lemons. Squeeze these pink lemons. Yeah, let me squeeze through those things. Let's explore. You managed to squeeze your way into the gap between these file cabinets. It takes some effort. Like you're really having to maneuver around and there's like kind of rebar type like bars sticking out in this rubble and you're squeezing your way through and then kiss. You hear. Choom. As the lights go out. Rut row again. And you hear chung, chung, chung as red lights come on overhead. Oh no, why are they red now? And I think that you probably managed to squeeze your way out into the HR room. Okay. I probably set some alarm off. Jesus kiss. What's your what's your deal? Can't you stay still? <laughs> Cinder looks at Odeline and goes, now's our chance. <laughs> <laughs> kiss wanders over to the HR desk. The big circle, right? Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah. It's like a big circular desk that you can kind of like open a gate and get inside of. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's just wandering. So let's go in there. Why not? You get into the desk and you are kind of, you know, rummaging around. Roll investigation. Seven. I have a minus one to investigation. (laughs) You are rummaging around and you don't really find anything of interest you find like some papers and like you do find little like knickknacks that they give out to the kids like i think a keychain with one of the like replicas maybe it's like promo material like a little egg on a keychain for hank's egg grill or whatever name i said last time (laughs) so you do find a bunch of egg keychains it's the duster david mascot the slingy the slingshot yeah like a cartoon anthropomorphic slingshot that yeah there's like a t-shirt with slingy on it like a <laughs> box of t-shirts in different sizes with slingy on it and tucked away in the corner is a promotional for slingy the movie where they've rendered him in extreme detail and it's way too realistic oh no <laughs> 
He's just a wooden slingshot with human eyeballs in each post. It's just like, ugh. And it's like an HR safety training video, too, somehow. like. <laughs> and Slingy has a dick. No. <laughs> well, no. okay. Tori. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> we were all thinking it. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't. <laughs> Most of us were thinking it. The audience was thinking it, and that's the important thing. <laughs> so I find nothing at the desk of importance. Well, shit. I go to the cubicles. <laughs> it's relatively dark here. You know, it's just this like dim red light, almost like an exit sign light, kind of cascading across the room. And you exit the HR desk and start to walk towards the cubicles. Roll perception. Oh, my God. It's such a bummer having disadvantage of everything 12 i love it so much i've nerfed all of you i wasn't even that good Vernon didn't need no nerfing <laughs> you hear some movement back in the cube maze somewhere you're not exactly sure where in there but something is or someone is back there and it's not the same little wrestling of the little mouse that you heard earlier oh dang coden is that you syndra ah <laughs> the lights went out you are in the cafeteria with Douglas. And just for a split second, you're back in that dark space. You could almost see the many armed creature in the room with you. But then these red lights come on one by one. Chunk, chunk, chunk. And you see Douglas. Their eyes are kind of glowing in the red light, almost like like a black light does to certain textures. And they're like. All right, pack those up. We got to get out of here. We'll try it later. I think that Douglas packs away their bricks and Udlin comes running into the room and this is where you say, now's our chance. I think that Anne's still up there on the roof, right? Like, maybe not so much our chance. Hmm. Plus, why do you, like, what happened? Yeah, that's a great question. Probably something bad. Now, to be fair, if they come down here, they're off of the roof and we can sneak up there. We just got to get them down here to investigate. Actually, this is actually a really good idea because once the alarm is off, apparently on red mode, it's not like we're going to set off another alarm for a lesser... Because it would be like green, yellow, red, right? If you were going to do an alarm with with colors indicating levels of severity, <laughs> red would probably be the worst, right? The whole time that they're talking, he's packing up his bricks. Yeah, sure. You've walked back into the kitchen. I'm thinking of Burn in the library, sitting and reading his book after Kiss leaves and all the lights go out and turn red. And he's just like, ah. Yeah, like three minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm bored. I'm leaving. All power goes out of the building. (laughs) I make sure Frey is with me. I look to Udlin and I say, I think we should head upstairs and just just check on everybody. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. You think you can get burning on that radio thing of yours? Oh, yeah, that's or that uh, magical telecommunicator thing of yours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's a thing, huh? I don't know what a radio is. I don't know why that came to me. Um, so Cinder gets his notepad out fiddles around with it and tries to figure out how it works. Yeah. I think there's like a couple loud like <laughs> and then like high pitch squealing feedback and then you like eventually kind of dial it back. Uh, hey, Vernon. Ah, why did Kiss do? <laughs> I thought Kiss was with you. No. I, 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 I was in the library reading and then he said he was going to do something and then three minutes after he left, the power goes out. I know it had to be him. Have you seen him? No, I'll go look for him. Syndra, you walk out of the kitchen and over to the stairs and you attempt to ascend the stairs to go gather Burnin and look for Kiss. 
but you cannot. Door's locked. Something is basically just like preventing you from going up these stairs at this point. Roll Arcana. 19 with disadvantage. So you're actually kind of familiar with this magic somehow. Like, I don't I don't know how. I'm a smart boy. There's some kind of charm or hex on the door that is keeping you from ascending without specific magical items that permit you to use the stairwell. Hmm. Wait a minute. I know all about this. Are the lights still out? Yes, everything is still red. And I will say that this area is, is like a little bit better lit because those oil lamps are still on. All right. Um, just to improve my vision even more, I do a produce flame in my hand and I head back to the cubicles where I was before. And I guess I should investigate for some uh, like ID cards. So you turn around and start to head down towards the main entrance cubicles. Burning. Mm hmm. You're upstairs reading and Kiss left three minutes ago and the lights go out. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you scream. Uh, I think I actually gasp. I say, <gasps> And then these red lights come on one by one. I'm kind of, of course, very nervous, but just seeing what happens. So you just kind of sit there? I put my head in my hand and I say, oh, Kiss. <laughs> I think I try to go to the door and peek out the hallway. So you cross the botany room and you get to the door and you push on it, but it will not open. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh-uh. This is bad. You're locked in here, and I think at about this point, as you try and push on the door, and it's just like clicks against its frame, you hear Syndra come over the radio. Uh, hey, Vernon? Ah, uh, why did Kiss do? I thought Kiss was with you. No! I, I, I was in the library reading, and then he said he was going to do something, and then three minutes after he left, the power goes out. I know it had to be him. Have you seen him? No, I'll go look for him. Burning, so you have this conversation with Syndra. You're basically like, hey, help me. Um, You failed to mention that you're trapped in the botany. I radio Syndra, and I say, ah, so have you run into any locked doors? Because I'm kind of stuck where I'm at. By then I should have, yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably walking away from the stairwell as this happens. Yeah, it seems like it's a charm spell. Some kind of magic keeping us locked in. Well, this just sucks, doesn't it? I guess Burnin puts away his radio. Sure. What are you doing, Burnin? Being scared. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back through the library and into Anne's office. And I am going to look around and see what I saw in there because I think the last time I was busy trying to keep Kiss from wrecking shit. Yeah. So you investigate and you see this same notebook that Kiss found. You see the empty hooks on the wall. You see a coat rack in the northeast corner. That's it. Are there any coats on the coat rack? Nope, it is completely empty. Okay, um, I guess I'm going to look at the book. So you investigate and it is even harder to read, but I think that you get words like hellish, infernal, horizon, fades, latch. <gasps> and that's it. I kind of grimace a little bit and put the book back down and step away from it a little bit. <laughs> Too real. You're more scared now. This didn't help at all. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I'm like, oh man, their poetry sucks. The coat rack's in the northeast corner? I'm sorry, northwest corner. Here's what I was thinking. You could pull on one of the arms, and it's like a secret passageway in Scooby-Doo. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Maybe it'll get you out of there. I don't know if Vernon would have this thought, though. <laughs> secret tunnels. Vernon, roll insight to see if you have this thought. <laughs> 13. I don't know why you make this connection in your head. Maybe you've read... 
one too many detective books in your life. (laughs) Vernon has read a single mystery book. Too scary. And then decided that that was not the genre for him. (laughs) Not sexy enough. (laughs) Now sexy detectives. The coat rack catches your eye. Okay. I go over there and fondle that sexy coat rack. (laughs) No. What happens is I go over there and I think like maybe because it's dark, I kind of trip or something and kind of like grab onto it as I fall. Yeah, you shaggy (laughs) your way into this, right? Like you you trip over your own feet in the darkness and you fall and catch yourself on the coat rack. Like zoinks. And one of the arms of the coat rack starts to depress. (gasps) Scooby-Doo. And you hear a click elsewhere. I look around for that clicky clack. Roll perception. 14. You do not see anything in Anne's office, anything out of the ordinary. You just like observe the fact that the arm of this coat rack is now switched down like a latch, but nothing else out of the ordinary. You look around the room and inspect it. You kind of like press on the wall where the hallway is kind of by the key rack and nothing out of the ordinary there. You check up on underneath Anne's desk and nothing down there. And while you're under there, Burnin, you hear... What the hell is going on down there? And I think this scares you and you and like I hit, hit your my head, head on the, the desk. desk. Yep. <laughs> burning? Burning? Can you hear me? Burning, come in. Uh, nothing's going on. I don't know. I mean, what? I don't, I was just reading a book and then the lights went out. That don't, I, I, I didn't do anything. <laughs> burning? You sound incredibly suspicious right now. Listen, we're on a private channel here. Tell me what you know. Uh, I think burning like, it gets caught up on the words private channel for like a little too long. And he has to like reroute his brain. Like, uh, well, I mean, uh, Kiss just left. We were, I was reading a book and then Kiss left and he had been. <sighs> Bernard remembers Kiss calling him a narc. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, Bernard hears Loke's voice on the wind calling Duster a narc. Oh. You guys are fun. I'm like this fucking narc over here dang <laughs> Brennan pauses and he says so uh, wh- what I mean to say is I was alone and um, I don't know what's happening I'm stuck there's uh, he was out in the hall and I don't know where he went but I'm stuck in the like the library and the plant room and all that Brennan first of all these are one way communication devices and we can't really talk over each other so Don't go on like that before you know what I mean. I'm not accusing you of anything, but just tell me what color are the lights? Oh, they're red. Kiss. (laughs) You are downstairs heading towards the cube maze. You hear something moving back there. Okay, I move towards it. Stealthily. (laughs) (laughs) You don't really have a direction for where you hear this noise from. You just know it's back here somewhere in the cube maze. You are at like kind of this fork where you can either enter straight or turn west and go down the hallway and enter the cube maze through the back. Hmm. What do you do? Like, which way do you go? I go straight. Okay, so you go straight and roll stealth. Oh, no. Oh, no. So first roll was a three, second roll is a natural 20, so a five. Okay, you sneak on over to this large black object in front of you, and I think you like kind of lay your hands on it and get a good sense for what it is. And it is a giant filing cabinet that stretches along the walls, kind of separating this cube maze into two parts. At this point, you can either turn left and go deeper into the cube maze that way, or you can follow the file cabinet and go right again further into the cube maze 
you do see on your map, or you remember from your map, that both areas appear to be dead ends. Hmm. I go right. The black thing is a filing cabinet? Yes, it's just like a long filing cabinet. Kiss pulls it open as he's walking by. Yeah, so you pull it open, and it makes this loud metal screech. (laughs) There it is. At the same time, we hear Syndra and Vernon's conversation come over your notebook. Uh, hey, Vernon. Which I think makes you jump a little bit as you're opening the file cabinet, because it's one thing to hear this screeching noise that you know where it's coming from, but then you hear voices. Ah, what a kiss do. The shuffling that you heard back in the cube maze stops. Oh, God. I try to turn the volume down. I think roll sleight of hand because like you're in the dark. You just open this thing and you're fidgeting and trying not to drop your notebook, trying to open it to the right page and get to the volume slider, which is pretty hard to do in the dark, right? And I guess I am trying to do it stealthily. I got an eight. Oh, God. Okay. So I think it takes a second or two and we hear a little bit of Syndra and Burnin's conversation. I thought Kiss was with you. No, I, 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 I was in the library reading and then he said he was going to do something and then three minutes. But you are able to mute it. Awesome. And you are sitting here now in silence. Okay. Kiss continues going right. Kiss, you start to shuffle your way further along the filing cabinet. Is that right? Yes. The same direction I was going. I think that you managed to make your way to the first cube. Roll perception. Actually, I got a 19. In the darkness, you see the silhouette of a figure, a big figure. No. Ah. Goo. And Kiss, your eyes adjust. And you see that it is a cardboard cutout of Duster David giving a thumbs up. Kiss throws a hand X at it. Ha! <laughs> I also want to comment that it's not the Duster David, but it is a stand-in actor dressed like Duster David. Right, of course. From one of his commercials. We're all a little Duster. <laughs> you launch your busted hand axe at this thing, and it clatters into the cardboard, just kind of like knocking it over, not even really cutting it in half or like slicing through it, just knocking it over and hitting the back wall of the cube maze where it does not stick into the cubicle. It clatters to the ground with even more noise. And Kiss, you hear fast movement coming from the cube maze on the other side of the filing cabinet. Oh, Jesus. Syndra. Uh oh. <laughs> Good God, y'all. Bring it on. You are walking down the hallway towards the first cube maze. You just finished getting news from Vernon that he is locked in the botany room. You get to the entrance of the cube maze, this doorway with Udlin and Douglas following behind you. And I think that Udlin says, hey, Hmm? I have a bad feeling about this. What makes you say that? (laughs) Oh, never mind. You're gone. (laughs) And Douglas is standing there like... Like, where'd they go? No, they just do that sometimes. Here, actually, Douglas, you go hang out in the cafeteria. Just, you go hang out somewhere. I'll handle this. They're like flailing all the four other arms around, like, in protest. Fine, whatever. Stick with me. What's Freya doing? Following along, I guess, because she was being all lovey with me. Yeah, so Freya's in your bag, we'll say. Okay. Like, head sticking out of your bag, right? (laughs) In the classic baby papoose style. Exactly. So my plan was to go into the cubicle maze and try to retrieve, like, an ID card because there was something about the, um, it says special clearance required to go upstairs. And so maybe there's some kind of enchantment on the ID cards or something that would allow passage into the stairwell. 
tell me where you're going in this cube maze. I want to go to Quig's desk. Okay, so you head back to Quig's desk where you were before, sort of in this southwest corner, and you are searching around. You kind of get here and you realize like, wait, I probably would have picked up a key card before if I had seen Quig's. But you decide to give it a once over again and you search more and you do not find anything new. Okay, Um, I'll go to Farf next. Yep, same thing here. Like, I think you don't even search this one because you realize you searched pretty thoroughly before out of boredom. I guess I need to go a little deeper so I can come back out of that area. Did I explore the desks of Dr. Dorf and E? Because I would love to be Dr. Dorf for a day. <laughs> Dr. Dorf for a day. Um, I think that you probably did explore these pretty thoroughly. Maybe let's roll investigation. 11. So I think that in Dr. Dorf's cubicle, you see like a bunch of medical diagrams of like feet structures, like bones and like muscular structure and arteries. <laughs> oh, no. You see like uh, Dr. Scholes, uh, this ergonomic model on their desk, like that is what they are inventing. And there's also like an eye exam sheet hanging up on their desk too. <laughs> I think with some like goblin language Ooh. scrawled on the bottom. Cinder stands back five feet and checks to make sure he still has 20-20. No. <laughs> we'll go elsewhere. Sure. So here's what I'll say. You have a pretty limited amount of time here because other things are happening parallel to this. Right. So I'm going to say you can search one more place before we cut back. So like you could literally just pick a spot on the cube maze and go there for no reason and search. Like, I don't care. You could, you're just wandering around, like looking for something that maybe gives you a feeling like you're going to find a key card. I want to go north. The one that looks like a six. Okay, I see. Up to that area. Are you going in a specific cube up here? Um, no. I guess the first one I come to. You walk up to this desk and you see a name, Shane Builder Squatch, <laughs> on the plaque of the cubicle. And you see that there are a bunch of like ones and zeros just like decorating this cubicle wall, which is funny because computers don't exist and binary doesn't exist in this world. <laughs> yeah, Syndra looks at all that and goes, oh, never was a math guy. <laughs> you see a handwritten note peeking out from underneath the keyboard. I will take a look at it. So you pull out the note. It says, vent note. I probably shouldn't write this down, but I'm just so pissed. How does Dr. Dorf get two different cubes and they get the safe in their cube? What's the deal? Why do I never get anything? I guess feet are just more important than ones and zeros. <laughs> Is he loke? No, he's just a bro. He's an office bro. It's an awfully long sticky note. And he puts it back. Burnin, you said that the color of the light is red. Yeah, and I was under Anne's desk. Hopefully I will be again later, too. Whoa! <laughs> Wowzers! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Whoa. I just... I, Wow! Listen, it was in my head. <laughs> that was just a joke I wanted to make because you said I was under the desk. You hear Anne over the radio. It's as I expected. I can't get down the stairs. My shift was over and I went to go to the stairs and y'all had locked the fucking place down. I mean, like, no offense, but I'm pretty sure, like, I didn't do it. And You're all complicit. You're part of a party. But here's the thing. Are you sure it's red? I mean, it might be like a, a, a magenta -y color. Okay, magenta is not one of the options, so it's got to be red. That alarm only happens if one of them get in here. If one of those things is in the lab. Mm. That is red alert. You know what that means? Does that make sense to you? 
Ah, more or less. <laughs> it means bad. Where are you right now? I'm in the library. <laughs> okay, that's good. If you're in the library, you're probably safe in there because that room only really connects to my office and the botany room. And at Red Alert, that area is supposed to lock down. It's structured specifically so that I can continue my research, have access to my office, and access to food and water via the botany. The window is also an option in case I get cornered and need to escape. So, um, out of curiosity, there's like no other ways that anything could get in this area, right? Like, uh... Roll deception. (laughs) Still, with disadvantage, I got a 17. I'm not really sure why you're asking, but there is actually... uh, Vernon listens. (laughs) I really shouldn't be telling you this, considering we don't know what the problem is. But there is another way to access the library since that's where you are right now. If you need to get out, all you need to do is grab your coat and have a glass of wine. Hmm. Vernon makes it like, ugh, I can't believe they didn't just say it outright because we're on a private channel. What a dingus kind of face. (laughs) All right. uh, Thanks for the direction. I suggest you stay put. I'm going to try and dip into private channels with the others. You can dial into the other's notebook signals. It's pretty easy to do. There's a signature. I've actually added lines to all of your notebooks remotely, pushing down a firmware update. Uh, (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So that you can see approximately where each person is based on the colored lines on your sliders for the tuner. You're going to want to use these because on the chance that there is something in here, which is nearly impossible, you don't want your voice to accidentally come over someone's notebook and then the thing knows where they are. Yeah, that'd be real bad if that happened, huh? (laughs) I'll tell the others on private calls. Just hang tight, okay? See you soon. Yeah, okay. Are you hanging tight? (laughs) (laughs) Vernon's lying and scheming. What a bad boy. I think he wants to be with other people. So I think that he's going to look for a glass of wine in the room. So you've thoroughly searched the office at this point, and there is nothing else in here. They mentioned food and water, so maybe I'll look in the botany area. You walk over into the botany, and you look around, and you see all of the cacti from before. You see that the sun is even lower in the sky. Burn and roll perception. Eight. (laughs) I see a pretty plant and start getting distracted. Yeah, you look at the bomb cacti that Kiss made, the little red friends, and you start thinking about that whole ordeal and that maybe Kiss blew something up and that's why the red light is on. You kind of get caught up in your thoughts as you're looking around at the cacti. Well, I guess that's it. I guess I feel like I don't have anything else to do. Okay. I think I go stand by the window and look out the window for a while and then think. You lean on the window and look out over the desert. And Burnin, you see something. Of course I do. <laughs> A figure in the desert that wasn't there before, tall as though it's on stilts. This mass, one of these tarp-like cloths that was previously on the desert floor. Is Anne only able to be reached by voice? Like, I can't write to Anne? Correct. Okay, but I can see where Anne's little thing is? Yes, you can dial into Anne specifically. Do I know, based off of the sun or anything like that, like which direction I'm facing? You know from the map that you are facing west. Hey, uh, there's something uh, out in the desert, like uh, westways. What? No, that's impossible. No, it's it's after the statistical window. It's, 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 it's not, it's at least not probable. No, I'm serious. I see it. Something's there. You need to go look. I look back. You're looking out the window, looking at it, and 
you see these like long spindly it, again it's just a silhouette against the the sun right like the light is pretty bright and it's lit from the back you can't really see much but you do see this figure and it's got these long spindly legs it's up on these stilts and it is slowly walking making its way through the desert and burning you hear a blast from Anne's rifle and you see a burst in the sand behind this thing and it drops to one knee then you hear another blast from the rifle and another burst in the sand behind it, and it falls down, laying in the sand. Brandon thinks to himself about how, like, simultaneously fucking cool and terrifying seeing that is. (laughs) (laughs) Kiss! Something is rushing towards you in the cube maze! I'm getting ready to kick its ass. Hell yeah! So you sort of brace yourself. Let's roll initiative. Oh shit. I want in. I got eight. (laughs) Now that it's moving more, you can get a sense of direction for where it is. And it was in one of these back cubes along the southmost wall, just basically quickly making a beeline towards you. You actually see the cube wall that's pretty high, but you see the cube wall on the other side of the filing cabinet start to sort of deflect and bend as this thing is making its way towards you as quickly as it possibly can. Your turn, Kiss. Okay. I kind of tuck around the corner. I pull out one hand axe and my beetle shield. So I have a little extra AC and I'm just going to park it. Already an attack when it comes around into the open area of the cubicle. So I guess in reaction to it moving close to me, I'll hit it with my axe and hopefully get the drop on it. Sure. So you do that. You post up behind the wall and get ready with your great axe. You hear this thing burst through the cube wall and some shrapnel actually kind of goes flying and like some of it lands in your cube. And you can hear it heading west in the cube maze and sort of bouncing around in the cubicles back here. It's making a whole lot of noise. It's just this large moving object. It's not making any sort of like vocalizations. It's just rustling. And you almost hear like what sounds like blades scraping against each other. Just these hard, sharp objects. (laughs) What I'm trying to do is to use a bit of the popcorn I got that's very loud to both simultaneously distract it And alert the others to where I'm at. And nourish myself. (laughs) And have a few bites on the go. It's tasty too. (laughs) But I can't think of a way to make a fire and cook the popcorn. I wish I was magic, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) So here's what I'm thinking. So it's in the western cubicle. There's a cubicle to my right. So they're like gaps between the walls and the ceiling, right? Because these are just cubicles. Yes, correct. My goal right now (laughs) is to (laughs) open the cactus jar. And drop in that cubicle, spark it, light that on fire, and throw a few popcorn kernels in for good measure, and then go the other way. Okay. Hopefully it goes in that cubicle, and I run out behind it and go out of the cubicle maze. Kiss. Okay. I'm going to say roll sleight of hand, because you need to do all this stuff quietly, right? Like, you need to get the jar out and prep it and put some popcorn kernels down in there. Uh, I'll let you just light it with your axe thing, but you got to roll sleight of hand to see how successful you are in prepping this kind of device to trick the thing. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Roll number one is 15. Ooh, roll number two is seven. Kiss, you sort of fumble and you're like, you manage to unscrew the jar lid a little bit and like get it ready and set it down where you want it to be, maybe under the desk back in the back corner. So it like really gets deep into that cubicle and you're getting popcorn kernels out and the jar just like rattles a little bit and it makes a noise and you kind of freeze up like, oh shit, I just made noise. Like you're suddenly aware that you're, that something else is aware of you. Right. And you hear the creature just like 
bash its way through north into the cubicle next to yours. Well, now it's in that cubicle. I'm going to throw it in there and try to light it on fire. (laughs) You are able to get the popcorn kernels ready with the jar now. It's directly to the west of you. You're in the middle cube. I spark it and run. Hell yeah. So you spark it and you hear, again, metal scraping on metal heading towards the wall of your cube. You start to run. It's like slow motion as these sparks hit the gas that's erupting from the cactus jar. We hear several pops, pop, pop, pop from the popcorn, loud, and it sounds like gunshots echoing throughout the entire facility. And Kiss, there is a minor explosion in the cube maze as you dive, I think probably from the shockwave of this explosion, you dive and hit the ground and scramble up to your feet and begin to run out, out of the cube maze, back towards the HR desk. And Kiss, you hear it. That metal scraping noise rushing towards you quickly. You fucked up! (laughs) Run, Kiss, run! You glance back over your shoulder and see this fire that you've started in the cube maze as the explosion sort of retracts back into itself and, and becomes just a flame that starts spreading amongst the fabric walls of the cubes. And knocking down the wall, coming around the corner, rushing towards you at immense speed, is this bulky figure shrouded in a massive tarp cloth. It raises up to its feet, standing at a great height, maybe 10 to 12 feet tall, on these long, skinny, tube-like glass legs. And it rushes towards you. Hello, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Magic Folk. We hope you enjoyed, and if you did, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Magic Folk Pod, or you can visit our website at magicfolkpod.com. If you'd like to support the show, the number one thing you can do right now is rating and reviewing us on iTunes, or just simply telling your friends who you think might enjoy it. Magic Folk is created by Corinne Beck, Becca Bowen, Kyle Bruning, and Victoria Watkins, and is based on Characters in World, also by Victoria Watkins. See you next time. We see the cubicles that Cinder was exploring earlier, now eerily still once again after being rummaged through. However, in all of the shuffling, a small green note that had previously been buried beneath a stack of papers on Quig's desk is now out in the open. It reads, Dinner next Friday? And it is signed with a small heart and the name Farf.